be seated. We turn this morning to Acts chapter 2, and I'll be reading uh, from uh, verses 36 through 41, Acts chapter 2. Uh, it is found on uh, pages 9, 10, and 9, 11 in the Pew Bible you should see near you. Acts 2, beginning at the 36th verse. This is after, this is uh, the very end of Peter's great Pentecost sermon, following the resurrection of Jesus, which changes everything. A lightning bolt uh, through the first century uh, uh, brought to life uh, the, the um, first believers. Acts 2, 36. Let the whole house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked crooked generation. Uh, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added about uh, 3,000 souls on that day. As Andrew said a bit earlier, um, kids are great. There's a lot going on when you have a little one, but we remember one of my professors at the University of Maryland uh, in a lit class, an an Alexander Pope class of all things, uh, gave us this little jewel uh, that we are to love our children uh, at each phase in their lives con amore con amore with love now in some senses it's easier to do the littler they are uh, partly because they're so cute and they are generally compliant except when they're not Um, they will go through however difficult stages and disappointments are sure to come And we as parents, as we look back, we wonder what we may have done that could contribute to some of the things that we see going on in our kids. We see mistakes that we have made. We see that sometimes our mistakes are, for example, too much and too harsh a discipline, and sometimes it's not having enough discipline. Or whatever we have done, the twig is bent in a particular way. However, in the power of the Spirit, as Isaiah tells us, the crooked shall become straight. God works and changes even our big kids by the power of the Spirit. So never, ever give up on them. Being a kid is challenging too. Obeying your parents can be annoying and difficult disobeying them can be even worse. And you have in the back of your minds, is all of this that is true, they say about Jesus, and is it true for me? Does he love me? 
And a harder question, or another difficult question as you grow older, is obeying really worth the cost? Remember that the resurrection of Jesus rocked the world. Uh, It is a life-changing reality that gives otherworldly life to the church in the book of Acts and continues to this day because Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection, the first fruits of the harvest, the very beginning of the new creation that would restore to beauty and pristine loveliness and holiness that which sin has distorted. And Jesus is enthroned on high, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, verse 33, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing, being exalted. And the power of the Spirit shows up in baptism as well. Children of promise. Believers and their children, both marked off from the world into the body of Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and for your children, and for all who are afar off, even ourselves, whom the Lord God calls to himself. Verse 41, to those who received his word were baptized And were added that day, about 3,000 souls, added to Christ, added to the church. My purpose this morning is to unfold this notion that the Spirit works through baptism as He does through the Word. He works through baptism as He also does through the Word. Children here, we see, are, are to be marked off as well. The promises to you and your children. Now, if we are reading the New Testament alone, it would be hard to come up with the teaching that we are called to baptize our children, that we are to baptize our children. However, we do not just have the New Testament, but the Old as well, and it unfolds one covenant of grace, one arrangement by which God saves his people in the Old Testament and then also in the New. Differences, but the same covenant. There are two signs of entry, two indicators of entry. One in the Old Testament, of course, circumcision and baptism in the New. Both then have become, in a sense, a membership card that indicates that you're in the people of God. Romans 4 uh, calls circumcision a, a sign and a seal of the righteousness that Abraham himself had that was a gift of God. A sign, then, is a visible indicator. It is an action symbolizing something else. The action of circumcision points to a cutting away of part of the flesh of an eight-day-old child. And it pictures that that child is, has been cleansed by the Spirit of God. That is a sign, but it is also a seal. It is, it is an action that authenticates, that marks another truth. I went to have surgery a couple of weeks ago, as you may know. Um, by the way, one of you asked me yesterday to tell the congregation you're feeling better. So, I'm feeling better. You can stop praying for my back. But uh, 
But I remember when I'm to go into the hospital, they said, take off all your jewelry. I only one, wear one piece of jewelry, of course. It's, it's, it's this thing here, this ring. And I, I can't let on want to take it off. I, I, I finally did, was able to get it off and left it at home. But I, ironically, Gail drove me to the hospital, but I felt like she wasn't there because this wasn't there. It is, it is a seal. It marks something. It, it conveys truth and a reality. And it is precious. So circumcision was a sign and a seal that the child was cleansed and belonged to God and was a member of the family. Those three things. Cleansed. Belo- belonging to God and a member of the family. And as we've seen earlier, Galatians 3, God preached the gospel, this good news of Jesus to Abraham. Now, let's link together circumcision and baptism. Circumcision um, and baptism come together in Christ. That's, I'm not going to get into Colossians 2 or, you know, but they get together in Christ. Cir- Christ was circumcised as a boy and to fulfill all righteousness. It was a sign. When he was circumcised, it was a sign. And the reality was when he was circumcised on the cross. Colossians says he was cut on the cross for our sins. He was circumcised, that was the sign. His being cut on the cross was the fulfillment. Baptism's the same way. He was baptized by John in keeping with all righteousness, and it pointed to a death and a resurrection. It pointed to his suffering and his death. And then his, the death itself, he said, was his baptism. That was the reality. Baptism's the sign and seal. His death is a... Baptism and circumcision are saying exactly the same thing. We're cleansed from sin by Christ. We are joined to Christ and we are so joined also to his body, the family of God. Well... Baptisms caused a lot of confusion and differences all through the history of the church. What, what, does, what, does, baptism, what does baptism do? Uh, you learn amazing things when you go to senior lunch. I learned that there was a, there was a flood of, of, of phony, of counterfeit $100 bills in our area. Remember, that guy right there told me that. And, and, um, and, and there were indicators on those counterfeit bills that they were, that they were counterfeit. So it's worthwhile to take just a moment, look at some erroneous teaching about baptism so that we can secure in our mind what the Lord actually is intending there. In the, in the Roman Catholic Church, for example, baptism symbolizes, not doesn't symbolize, baptism, the water of baptism removes all sin committed up to that point. It, it wipes the slate clean that's why Constantine waited till he was on his deathbed before he got baptized. Better chance of getting into heaven. All of those sins now wiped away. Shorter opportunity to sin. There's another teaching called baptismal regeneration. That means in the, the act of baptism, uh, the Spirit works to bring new life and actually to cause that child to be born again on the stage here, the platform here. New life, uh, it, 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 and even some of our dear Lutheran friends put it, that the seed is planted and begins to grow. The seed is planted in that service of baptism. 
believer's baptism, which many in our nation um, uh, hold dearly to, uh, is inaccurately, it is a mirror that reflects the experience of your conversion and it marks your faith. It is a sign of your response to the gospel. And I ask you, dear friends, how is that assurance? To look back to the time that you believed, is that what you have confidence in? Is that what you are to remember? Is that what the Spirit wants you to remember? Back when you were saved. The Reformed view is different. It is a sign and seal of grace that comes to us by faith. It is not faith that is sealed. It is not your experience that is sealed. It is Christ Himself. And both the Word of God and baptism as a sacrament that He has given to us uh, point us to Christ and His unmerited favor for us sinners. We must, however, spend just a moment and ask the question, does baptism always work? Does it always take? It is painful, isn't it, when we consider uh, children who who, who have been baptized and yet reject Christ. And we're tempted to think, has God's promises failed? Well, what does the Bible say about the Word of God? It says that the Word never goes out and returns void. It never goes out and fails in its mission. It never goes out and then returns sheepishly, tail between its legs, saying, I couldn't get it done. The Word never speaks that way. It fulfills the purpose for which it was sent. And so it is that baptism never comes back failing either. You see, the Word and baptism convey the same grace, the same promises the same call that those who receive the word and those who receive baptism are to put their faith in God. It's a call to obey. So baptism never comes back in failure either because the Spirit either transforms you by grace or you are hardened in your unbelief unto judgment. Either the Spirit transforms you by grace or you are hardened in unbelief that you have chosen. You do not... Baptism does not give a different grace than the Word. It gives the same grace differently in a picture that is explaining the Word, that is modeling, that is displaying the Word. So baptism doesn't remove sin. Baptism uh, is not the cause of the new birth. The water of baptism points to cleansing from God by faith. Or it points to judgment of God if the child disbelieves. There are two baptisms Uh, in the Old Testament that are referenced in the New Testament. The first one is Noah uh, and his family saved in an ark. And that is described in 1 Peter as a baptism. 
that, that Noah was saved by faith and obedience to the Lord. And all those who mocked God were judged unto death. Similarly, Moses was, as, as he was leading the people through, uh, through the, uh, the Red Sea, that was called a baptism in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. They were saved, Israel was saved through the water. I suppose they were even, they even got a little bit of a sprinkling of baptism as the wind would have whipped the water on both sides of them onto their heads. So they received the, the, the saving work of baptism while all those who mocked God and hated God, the Egyptian army, was judged by the waters of baptism. So baptism isn't automatic, but neither is it different from the grace of God. Baptism calls for a response. Now I want to conclude with three... How does, how does baptism help us? How does baptism help us? First of all, parents. Two, two, two comments to kids, one to parents. Parents... Um, your children are prized. Your children are prized. They are among the treasured possession. Exodus 19. God's treasured possession. So the biggest work that you have with children who are moving away from faith or have moved away from faith the biggest work that you do is prayer. Prayer that is expectant. You are expect praying for and expecting the Spirit to ignite faith. You are not going to give up out of unbelief. Monica, Monica was uh, the mother of uh, St. Augustine um, in, the, uh, in the 4th and 5th centuries there. And uh, she prayed for St. Augustine, although he was not a saint when she was praying for him. He was a really bad guy. Uh, Sexual sin all over the place, heresy. But Monica prayed for 17 years for Augustine's salvation. Finally, um, a bishop said to her this, he said, Go your way. And God bless you, for it is not possible that the son of your tears, son of these tears, should be lost. And that's a phrase that has come down in church history, son of these tears. Are you tempted to quit praying? Start with this. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the life-changing power of the Spirit. And while there remains Flesh, a, a breath in my body. I will pray for those loved ones who have not yet come to faith in Jesus Christ. May your family be won uh, by your prayers, the son or the daughter of your tears, as you refuse uh, to give up on the Holy Spirit. The second thing you are to do, my dear friends, is sow the word. Sow the word. Sow the word in your families. It is in the morning as we gather uh, at breakfast. You bring out your Bible. 
um, it is at the evening. People say we don't have time for that in this culture. Make time for it. Figure it out. You get dressed. You send them out with clothes on them. You can find time with the Word too if it's important to you. We uh, have seen already today uh, in the Sunday school class there is an equipping that is going on right here, right in this room at 10 o'clock to how we and how our children, how we can teach our children how to think biblically and how to use the Word of God with them. And it is a matter of life and death. You sow the Word. Sometimes when your kids get older, you don't have as much opportunity. Maybe they're out of the house. But, but you sow the Word this way. This is one way you do it. This is one way you can continue to do Deuteronomy chapter 6. Teach the Word while you walk in the way, while you, while you drive in your car, while you're eating your food, whatever it is. Share your failures with your kids. Admit your failures to your kids. This is one way to do it. Um, it, it it's a great proverb. Good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Is there anyone here who has not who has, has kept that proverb perfectly? Probably not. I have not. That becomes a great opportunity when you have lost when you have, have lost good sense. And you have and you have so spoken and lost your and become angry at your children. You you can go you go to your children and you apologize for that. And you say, I lost my temper, and, um, and I'm sorry, I lost my temper, but God doesn't with us, as our faith is in Jesus. Look with me, look to him. Sow the word, if necessary, through your own failures. And don't stop praying. Kids, um, your Jesus is personal. Parents... Your, your children are prized. Children, your Jesus is personal. Remember a few months ago, I preached a sermon on improving your baptism, and I mentioned my son. He's 30 years old now, and he still has a picture in his room. Now it's no longer punched into the wall. It's, it's on his dresser, and it's a picture of his being baptized. What 30-year-old kid does that? And, and, and yet it reminds him of what is true, and I trust God will use that to thoroughly, that memory of the baptism, to bring deep changes, ongoing way in his life. Bridget and Jeremy were, were not, are not going to remember what happened today. Their parents will. You kids who have been baptized, even in this church, you remember you had a day like this too. And you are called to remember that Jesus loves you. He knows your name. He put you in, you in your family intentionally, that family. He gave you the personality that you have. You've got a nose that just doesn't look like your mom or dad. Jesus gave you that nose, whether or not you like it, just the way it is. He's given you everything. And as you see the water splashed on the heads of these kids, you remember the Spirit has all the water He needs to rinse out, to clean out your own heart and your own soul from your rebellion. 
You may feel as you grow up, you may feel that you don't really need Jesus very much because you're really a very nice person. I I hear people talk that way. I don't need to take the Bible seriously because I'm a better person than the people around me. Actually, it's your pride that is keeping you from being honest because you're not a better person. Cleaner on the outside, maybe, but on the inside just as dirty as the rest of us. Well, if you don't feel that great about yourself, maybe it is that you feel like you're without hope. You've failed so often and you feel like you're just bound to repeat that failure. And you can't, the the gospel doesn't seem to make traction in your life. You keep doing the same thing. Here's the, the word that you need. Jesus is drawn to the broken down. Jesus is drawn to the broken-hearted. Jesus is drawn to the repentant and humble sinner. He can't stay away from humble people. He comes to answer prayers. The Spirit comes to cleanse from sin. The Spirit comes to set you on a path. Thirdly, then, kids, kids... See your church family as precious. Not only is Jesus personal, but your church family is precious. It grieves us when we consider kids that grow up who are only loosely connected to the church family. They go to high school, they go to college, or they simply walk away. They are carried away by the flood of the culture. Sexual liberty, it just leaks all over the place. Do whatever you want. And the greatest sexual sin is not doing whatever you want in our culture. Well, three things I want to encourage you to help you to see, help you to walk in the beauty, the preciousness of the church. First of all, you've got to let other people know who you are. Kids, you've got to let yourself be known. Adults as well. This is the family where you can be known. In our Sunday school classes, in, in youth groups, we learn about God, but it's also an opportunity for us to encourage each other to share on our own weaknesses and doubts and fears and secret thoughts. And, and then we link arms with one another in this battle. But you have to be honest. I've talked to way too many people who have walked away from church and never once whispered an aspect of their struggle to other people. They're walking along with blinders on, not letting people have access to their heart, And finally, they just walk out the door and nobody has saw it coming. Because they're not allowing themselves to be known. Because secondly, also then pray for each other. You pray for each other. If you're not not praying about the, the things going on in your life and in your heart, you are squeezed, you are pushing the Holy Spirit out of your growth. You're seeking to live the Christian life without the Spirit. Because we are, we're, the Holy Spirit is no longer in our growth plan. We need to ask for His work in us and help us to stay rooted to Jesus. And we pray for one another to be strong in a particular temptation that we have. Share that temptation with a, a close friend so that you can get support in prayer. This fits big people and little people alike. Is it part of your culture? your own Christian culture, to share weakness so that you can get support. 
we link arms uh, to keep from drowning. Jesus hears. His heart is drawn to us in our weakness and in our needs. And And then thirdly, and I love this about this church, I love this about what Don and Krista are doing in the, in the youth group. I love that. That so often they'll find places, ways to serve. So you let yourself be known. You pray, but you also get your hands dirty. You serve. You, you go to Joanne's house and you help her clean up that beautiful but a little wild yard that she's got. You know, she needs help with that. And so the kids were out there helping. Baptism is a sign that you are, be, you are connected to the body of Christ. If you are connected to the body of Christ, you're there to help other people. And so it's important for everyone to find a place to plug in, to use their giftedness, because everyone is called to serve. Whether it is work days here, or work days in the senior citizens' uh, at home, whether it's, whether it's uh, uh, serving as a, a greeter, whether, whether it's, it's like uh, Jed uh, De Laurentiis does. He, this little kid hangs out with Emma Fox. I mean, how cool is that? They talk to each other. They pray for each other. She's, she's on the older side of things. She's not here to sort of get either bristly or defensive about it. But, but little guy walking over and sitting right there next to Emma, and they just talk about life. And she sews into him. Man, beautiful. Where can you do that but in the church? So you serve one another. Parents... Baptism points to the fact that your kids are your kids are prized. You prize them too. Children, baptism points to the fact that Jesus is personal. Big people and little people alike. Jesus is personal. Humble yourself, come to him by faith. And kids, your church family is precious. Don't let it get away from you. Let's pray. Father, thank you um, for the day. Thank you for this beautiful day. Time with your people here. A time to worship. Time to find peace and grace in your word. Time to be in touch with the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would be working in each one of us. Thank you for the Githens. Thank you for the Carols. Thank you for the Delorentuses. Pray your blessing upon them and their extended families and this extended family as we help these kids grow up. But we do so in dependence on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please.